Welcome everyone to the Sports Review here on Planet FM 104.6 and or if you listen on planetaudio.org.nz Fantastic uh, weekend of sports um, Great weather over the weekend too So we're, we're actually looking towards a really fantastic summer here in the City of Sales uh, Fantastic display by New Zealand and the cricket over the West Indies a victory by by an innings, and here to speak to us as 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 we're trying to get him to do every day, and he was looking forward to this this Test cricket. Is is Glenn Turner, New Zealand batting great? And good afternoon, Glenn. Yes, good afternoon. Uh, how was your weekend, sir? Oh, uh, every day is a good day. Some are just better than others. <laughs> <laughs> no golf and no gardening. So that was okay. Well, Glenn. yes, I don't play golf on weekends. I tend to play during the week. Uh, suits me better. But gardening is always there. And during summer, it's great that the warm weather's come about. But uh, it means the weeds grow. They certainly do, Glenn. And well, let's get on to the cricket. Um, I have to say, um, uh, New Zealand had an had an innings. I think it was a hundred and seventy run victory over the West Indies yesterday. Um, it was a, a instead of being a five day test, it turned into a three and a half day test. Um, so there was some great there was some great batting, especially by Kane Williamson, two hundred and fifty two, well backed up by Tom Latham, who scored eighty three, and Cole Jamieson fifty one. What were some of your thoughts on the batting display by especially by Kane Williamson, Glenn. Yeah, I think the most impressive thing uh, with uh, Kane Williamson for me was his ability, uh, his application and ability to concentrate, you know, for what was just over 10 hours, I think, and, you know, over two days. Now, I mean, that takes some doing under uh, good batting conditions, but when... When the ball's uh, uh, bouncing awkwardly and 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 it's a green top, and you know that you know the ball's going to go past the outside edge from time to time, and you just hope that it doesn't take the edge. Um, but to be able to cope uh, with that without it destabilising you at the crease, uh, you know, because what tends to happen is that uh, if if it's a green top like that. Uh, batsmen, if they play and miss, they start to think, mm, the next ball I could nick, so anything thereabouts to attack, I'll give it a go because, you know, I mightn't last much longer. Now, that's a trap that uh, he certainly didn't fall into. And, and you know, I, I think to bat for that length of time was really admirable. And he, he was able to play, if you like, one ball at a time and not be shaken by the fact that he might, like anyone would have, uh, luck from time to time. Uh, and, and to be so persistent and end up with 250, I'm sure he'd look back on it and think, hmm, I'm not quite sure how that uh, how you can get that many under those conditions, <laughs> but I'll take it. Thank you very much. So he he was impressive. Uh, Latham, uh, you know, he he also worked pretty hard too. I mean, he he was out once, of course, and they didn't bother to uh, ask the question. No half-hearted appeal, caught behind, etc. So he had to have a bit of luck, like any of them. But he worked hard and got his eighty odd. But I think Jameson, again, just turned one's head because, you know, he. I think he could become a genuine all-rounder. He's, um, 
He's already shown that he can bat. Uh, he's got batting skills. He's not just uh, a lower-order batsman uh, who gives him a, a bit of a biff and he needs a lot of luck. Uh, the only thing I would say that he probably needs to overcome, although he hasn't been there long enough yet, but the only thing he needs to overcome is uh, quite often temperaments I've noticed over the years with fast bowlers is that they tend to apply that sometimes to their batting, which brings about their demise because they're a bit loose. Um, he doesn't need to play like that. He can play good orthodox shots and and get some consistency if 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 he make make sure that he holds on to a, a solid, if you like, temperament with the bat. So that's great that you know he could end up as a genuine all-rounder in the middle order rather than the middle-lower order. Yeah, so the, the batting side of it, uh, you know, guys will miss out as they as they will do under those conditions. But um, mm. uh, and and of course, I suppose it's easy to take out Kane Williamson's 250 and and say, well, how many did the rest get? But they did still get over 500 in the end. And so we can be pretty satisfied with the batting effort. Just just on the middle order, uh, Henry Nichols, it seems to be, is under a bit of pressure, possibly with the um, with the emergence of Devin Conway. Whether they put him as an opener or a middle order, or bring Blundell down to to that middle order. Do you, do you believe Henry Nichols' needs a really good innings in this next test? Yeah, well, I mean, the healthy situation is you have got some in the wings who who, who are, are pressing uh, for positions and so on. I, yeah, naturally, uh, you know, he 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 would need a score that more than uh, most of them. Uh, but you know, I mean, I I wouldn't think in terms of leaving him out. I don't think any player should be left out. Um, uh, in a two-test series, uh, you've got to really commit them for both. Uh, Your your bowling attack might change according to bowling conditions, but uh, batting-wise, it it shouldn't be too different. Uh, So, yeah, obviously he could do with a score. Yep, certainly did. And, of course, the uh, the bowling display by New Zealand in that first and and second in that first innings really really showed what a great... um, a pace attack we finally have in New Zealand with um, some great bowling by Tim Sowby, some genuine fantastic pace by Neil Wagner and Carl Jamieson, who I believe has really become the revelation of New Zealand cricket. Yeah, uh, and he's got height. Um, I mean, the, the, the conditions there... Uh, suited uh, swing and seam more. Uh, What we saw from the West Indies was, of course, not that because they're more bounce bowlers uh, into the wicket bowlers and, 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 and they didn't really get their length right. And so it was good to see uh, Jameson did uh, get it up there far enough, often enough, to do quite well. But one of the ones that, uh, it was interesting for me was Wagner because, We've seen him come in and just whack it in short, and I, I've thought overdo the short one. And although you know, if the umpires aren't going to pick up on it, then I'm not suggesting you blame him. But uh, but he showed <clears throat> that he can swing the ball. And when he first came from South Africa and was playing for Otago, and that I saw quite a bit of him at that time, and he, he could genuinely swing the ball, and that's what he endeavoured to do. 
Um, so when he came back to that in this game, I wasn't surprised to see that, you know, that the swing was still there. And and he had the good sense uh, to, to approach his bowling uh, according to the conditions and get the most from it. And so that was that was good to see. Um, obviously, um, old Southey, <laughs> it's a bit cheeky calling him old, but, but you know, I, I thought probably a year ago that uh, he was coming to the end of things, but uh, no chance. He's still up around the mid-low uh, one th- or one, low 130s or so, which is still respectable in terms of pace, but he's just proving how important it is as, as to what you do with the ball, and he's still got that outswinger going. Um, and, is, yes. and so, you know, he was, he was economical as well as uh, taking, taking wickets. So all round, you know, the, being able to, to play four seamers um, and not really needing to go to the spinner until the very last uh, end of their second innings uh, uh, showed that, um, you know, we've got, we've got good performers in that category and one or two in the wings too if, if, if one or two need resting or falling over. Yes, I have to say, Glenn, you know, like, as, as we discussed yesterday, like, we've still got Matt Henry, we've still got Lockie Ferguson, we've still got some really good young pace, Doug, Doug Bracewell, we've still got some other young, youngsters coming through. <coughs> now, just for this next test, obviously, um, the big thing about, I believe it's at the Basin, and the, the big talk would be, do you bring in a spinner? And, and if you bring in a spinner... Do you still keep the full pace attack with one spinner and maybe drop, say, Daryl Mitchell and put BJ Watling at number six, or do you just keep on keep on going with the same pace attack? Yeah, it's a tricky one because obviously uh, it, it it does shorten uh, the batting. Um, a little bit, uh, although you know Jameson, as I said uh, earlier, is showing that you know he he could end up as as high as number six. Um, so it's not as though nine ten Jack or eight nine ten Jack uh, are rabbits. Um, uh, so you could, you probably could get away with um, uh, uh, not not bowling the spinner all rounder. Um, I know that Ajaz is they may look at him. <coughs> But, um, yeah, it, I, I would say that the basin generally is, is for seamers. It's, it's generally good even balance, but it'll start off looking pretty green too. And uh, I would expect the seamers to get some movement there. So it's going to be seamer friendly. Uh, to the degree of what we've just seen uh, in Hamilton, perhaps not quite uh, like that but towards those sort of conditions. I think one of the things that um, we need to keep an eye on is surely the West Indies bowlers are going to... The penny's going to drop with them and they're going to have to get their length fuller. Uh, and, and if they can do that and, and be more patient with the ball uh, and, and rather than just uh, expecting it to happen because of conditions... Uh, then I think we we could see a different test match. Uh, I mean, this guy Gabriel, he, he's a pretty good bowler, and and uh, Holder, of course, uh, with his height and accuracy, he's pretty useful as well. So I, you know, um, it's it, it's it's I got a, I must confess that 
watching this test uh, when the West Indies are four for 20-odd and then five for 50-something. Um, I, I turned it off of that way. I was so disappointed with the way that their batsmen were getting out. Um, and although, you know, they had the, well, the middle to lower order tail wag, um, you know, with the, the bigger scores from, well, a good partnership uh, between uh, Blackwood uh, and Joseph. And Joseph, of course, he's a newcomer, isn't he? So he showed out down there. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, I... I, I I, I just feel that um, uh, the game could be quite uh, different down uh, down in Wellington at the Basin. It certainly will. Well, Glenn, thank you very much for your thoughts on, on the first test. Um, we'll get you back around the same time next Monday and we'll discuss the second test. It may still be going, but the way these tests goes, go these days, Glenn, <laughs> they're usually over within four days. So, um, so it's been great having you on the line and thank you very much, Mr Turner. Okay, my pleasure, Raymond. Thank yeah. you. Have a great, have a great week, Glen. Okay, that was Glen Turner, um, former New Zealand bats, former New Zealand opener, and one of our greats in our cricket. Next up, we're going to have Brenda McNeese talking about a, fo- a bit of football, and hopefully, very soon, we'll have a special guest.
Welcome everyone back to the sports review. Well, I've just had a text. I just checked my phone. My uh, our football correspondent and a man that entertains entertains us usually for ten to twelve minutes has unfortunately been called into an urgent meeting, so his phone's off. He's texted me that. So, unfortunately, we, we, you will have to actually. Unfortunately, you'll have to put up with me. So, um, we'll just go through some of the premiership results over the weekend. And I tell you what, there was some great some great games over the weekend the first game was um, Chris Woods Burnley against Everton that was a one all draw um, so that so Burnley still in the relegation zone and of course Everton within that top 10 Manchester City really making a, a fantastic comeback here um, 2-0 over Fulham even though it's only Fulham you, you still cannot count out Manchester City they are really 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 making a good comeback and you know if they're within side of that top four this premiership race as well it's wide open and then we get then we go to the oh, well this is a result I was quite happy about and my mate Speedy Mulvey I hope you're enjoying listening to this in, uh, in London 3-1 Manchester United over West Ham um uh, I believe from, from 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 what I've seen, the fantastic introduction of Fernandez into the side really added a lot. So that puts Oli Gunnar Solskjaer gives him another stay of execution, as we say. But it might also lift up Manchester United into that uh, into the Premiership into that Premiership battle within the top four. Chelsea were very very impressive over um, Leeds, winning three one. Uh, Olivier Giroud uh, continues on his goal for, goal scoring form from uh, from Europe, where he scored four goals the other week. Leicester, uh, Crystal Palace had a great one over um, West Bromwich Albion, five one, and really inspired by Wilfred Zaha, a guy that a lot of the bigger clubs are looking at. I believe Manchester United, Manchester City, even, and I believe Chelsea are looking round to that. And Christ- Christian Benteke scored a double as well too. We haven't heard a lot from Benteke. Um, he he basically he, he was a top signing at Liverpool many years ago, but tended to lose his way. Leicester still keep on. Leicester still keep in touch with that. Keeping the top four, two-one um, win over sh- a very determined Sheffield United. Now a ninety a ninety minute 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 there, there, get get the old words tangled out. Minute goal to Jamie Vardy, so he still keeps his uh, goal scoring uh, record up. So that puts them in, at third place. So we're going to go through the table. The North London derby, Tottenham Hotspur versus. Uh, Arsenal, I tell you what, and uh, uh, goals to Song and Kane in the first half. 
and there was no more scored after that. 2-0 to Tottenham Hotspur. Now, the Hest, now they're at the top of the table, but uh, for Arsenal fans, it's not really a great... It's not been a great season so far. Uh, there must be a lot of pressure on Arteta. Uh, for all their talent they've got, they've just they're in fifteenth place, and you know who would believe a side like Arsenal was actually near the relegation zone. But I don't, I believe they're too good to get relegated. Liverpool were very, very impressive, and they're on sec- they're in second place, four 0 over Wolverhampton Wanderers. So some goals to uh, Mo Salah. Really, he's back in the scoring mould, and I think that they're going to be they're going to really make this Premiership race count. Now, just on some of the other stuff. Now, I'm going to give you the table. So, the top four at this stage is Tottenham Hotspur on 24 points, Liverpool 24, Chelsea on third on 22, Leicester on 21. Now. Fifth and sixth place, this is where it really gets interesting. And they've got a game in hand. Manchester United are on 19 points. And I believe the big danger here, Manchester City. So they're on 18 points. So that could make it, that could make a very, very good, uh, that could make a very, very good uh, premiership race, especially when we go into the Christmas and New Year's period. Uh, to, to fans in the Scottish Premier League, well, if you're a Celtic supporter, you probably will be cursing uh, today, today's result on one all draw against St Johnson's. Um, really not a good result for Celtic and uh, leaves them behind um, Rangers who are ahead on, who who have two games extra but uh, have have built up a bit of a lead. They had a 4-0 win over Ross County. So just the table when it goes to there and it's really, it really is two teams that, that, that are really contesting. I'm sorry, Hibs and Aberdeen supporters. At the moment... Um, Rangers are on 44 points Celtic are on 31 Note that Celtic have two extra games in hand But even two wins Will still put them seven adrift So you're a really Celtic have got a lot of a lot of work to make up If they want to catch up to Rangers Also We'll also have a quick chat about some of the local stuff um, So we'll just get to some of the results In the New Zealand Football League just give us a second here. Let's get a few things sorted. And I might as well play a bit of music while we, while we bring that up on the screen. Feeling like I just rolled in on the tide. Keep looking for the small pathway to heaven. There's a dark horse coming. I'm not ready to run I keep breezing along In my small world Thinking everything Gonna be alright But my friend Keep on falling by the wayside There's a dark horse running I'm not ready Oh, wow. 
Welcome everyone back to the Sports Review. Um, we're just trying to get a few things organised, but I do actually have the um, the New Zealand Football Premiership results and um, and the weekend that's just gone by. And uh, Hamilton Wanderers won, Wellington Phoenix Reserves won. So uh, so that was a um, good result for the Wellington Phoenix Reserves. Canterbury United finally on the board. Um, they've, they had a free win over Hawke's Bay United. Really great game, uh, East, Eastern Suburbs versus Waitakere, 2-0. And, of course, the match of the round was Team Wellington versus um, Auckland City. And from what, what I hear, it was a fantastic game. And, it, you know, I think both sides had their opportunity to win it at the end. So the table in the New Zealand uh, Football Premiership is Hamilton Wanderers are on 10, Team Wellington's on 8, Eastern Suburbs are on 7, uh, Auckland City is on seven. Waitakere are fifth on five. Six, uh, Wellington Phoenix Reserves on four points. Um, seven, Canterbury United are on three. And at the bottom of the table, uh, Hawks Bay United. So that's where we are in the Premiership. Uh, Wellington Phoenix also had a, had a win in a pre-season game. So the A-League will be kicking off on the 29th of December. And then... Then we also have, um, so we'll be keeping an eye on that, and we'll also try and bring in a. We'll try and get someone in from either Team Auckland or Eastern Suburbs to just have a bit of a chat on how the season's gone now. Well, I apologise that you have to listen to the old voice of the old pigster, but hey, this this is live radio. This is what happens. You can't do much on that. But hopefully, and I'm hoping that McNeese hasn't cursed me, but <laughs> um, is that um, I'm able to get my very, very special guest. Um, this has been a real, and I'm really hoping that I can get him on the line. It was all confirmed last night. So um, I'll have my very, very special guest. Some of you may have an idea on who it's going to be but um it it's some it's a guest which i I met recently and real good bloke so um we'll just get to i'll hopefully have him on just after the song
no reason you should ever have your head down. Six foot five, 220 pounds. Hailing from rock bottom, Louisville, nothing town. Textbook version of a kid going nowhere fast. And now I'm yelling, kiss my ass. It's gonna take a couple right hooks, a few left jabs. For you to recognize you really ain't got it bad. Until the referee rings the bell. Until both your eyes start to swell. Until the crowd goes home. What we gonna do, y'all? Welcome everyone back to the Sports Review. You can see I've got a bit of excitement in my and in, in the voice now. And obviously, after boring years with my um, predictions on the football, and I apologise for that. But you know, when the guest has got to be called into something urgent, there's not much we can do. Well, I tell you something. I'm absolutely excited today. We have a guest on here, and he's the biggest guest which I've ever had here on the small little show. But I'm going to tell you about him. I met him at a. I met him. In the city, we had a bit of a chat and a really great bloke. He's a real humble but really great bloke. He he's a leader. For, he's a leader in our Pacific community. He's former world boxing organizer, world boxing WBO, or world boxing organization heavyweight champion Joseph Parker, who will be fighting Junior Far in the new year. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Thanks for having me on. Oh, Good mate. to talk to you again, brother. Good to talk again. Oh, mate, it's awesome talking to you, mate. And it was, um, we had a few laughs at uh, that time. We and we've been texting, and we've been, um, we've been having a bit of, we've been having a bit of banter on on the text line. So it's been really great. So just, just a bit about yourself, Joseph. You now, um, you were born to Dempsey and Sala, to Dempsey and Sala Parker. Now, I believe you went to school in uh, Mar- at Marceline College. Yeah, so my parents, uh, yeah, Dempsey and Sala um, Parker, and they were both born in Samoa, moved here for a better future, and then uh, I was born here in New Zealand, so I consider myself New Zealand Samoan, and at the young age of when I finished primary school and intermediate, I moved over to Marceline College to start um, uh, Form form 3, I was about 13 years old, and that's where where I did my high school um, schooling at Marceline College. Yeah, because Monty Beefham went there as well too, and of course I believe Martin Sneedon also went there. Yeah, Martin Sneedon went there, uh, Monty Beefham went there, and and I, I went there myself. So it's like we're trying to. Um, there's a there's like a who's who's the most popular out of all of them. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I reckon Monty Beefham would probably vote for himself there. So don't you worry about that. <laughs> so so when did he get into boxing? What age did he did he really start getting into into boxing, Joe? Yeah, I had my first uh, amateur fight at 12 years old. But before that, I, I started training. My dad would take my brother and myself to different gyms. I have a younger brother named John Parker who also yep. fights. But I, my first memory of boxing would be when I was about three three years old. I reckon three or four years old, and my dad would hold up his hand. 
at family gatherings at home and Talasi Pancha and you'll tell everyone, you know, all the uncles and aunties and the family around that, you know, my boys are going to be good boxers in the future. And, and not many people believe that because obviously my dad had a passion and love for boxing, but we were only three or four years old. And he had this belief in us at a very young age. So we took us to different gyms. And by the age of 12, I had my first amateur fight. I remember it clearly. It was, at the, it was in Auckland at the ABA, Auckland yep. Boxing Association gym. And that's where I had my first win. Oh, wow, yeah, because the old ABA down on Eden Terrace have been there many a time to watch many amateur and professional bouts. Now, you won your first New Zealand title at the age of 17, I believe. Yeah, I had my first New Zealand title um, by the age of 17, which was great because in boxing, um, I think in every every sport, every athlete always sets goals. And one of my goals was to be a national champion. And, um, and, and I achieved that at 17 years old, which was for me was a great first achievement. Oh, that's awesome. Of course, then you went on to represent New Zealand at uh, the World Junior Championships where you won a bronze medal, a controversial, though many believe that you won that semi-final. You went on to represent New Zealand at the Youth Olympics to win a silver medal. Now, that must have been a huge thrill to, thrill to go to that Youth Olympics. The, the opportunity to represent New Zealand for me was, um, you know, it's just a proud moment. And I've been very blessed to be able to achieve good things in boxing, but I've been blessed to travel the world. And I was travel. I started traveling at the age of 16, uh, but one of the opportunities I had was to represent New Zealand at the Youth Olympics in Singapore. And I was there for two weeks with my coach at the time, Grant Arkell. Yep. To represent New Zealand and to, to win a medal and to stand on the podium is a great feeling. And uh, when I sort of look back at my amateur career, I've won three gold medals, two silvers and one bronze in major tournaments around the world. And I have them all. I gave it all to my mum. She's got it at home. I'm sitting in a, you know, sitting in a little cabinet and she shows it off to a lot of people. But that's, that's the, you know, to represent New Zealand and to do good around the world is, is uh, for me was the, was a great start to my boxing career. Yeah, it certainly was, and of course I remember watching you in um, New Delhi in the at the at the Commonwealth Games. I felt you were you were robbed in that fight. I felt you won that f- fight. Unfortunately, you lost in the quarterfinals. But I personally, and I'm not being one eye because you're on my show, Joseph. But the checks, <laughs> <my mind>. but, <laughs> but I have to say that I, I felt you won it. Then of course, then, then you started your professional career, and you had a, you had a, you had I think your first fight was at the Sky City Convention Centre. Yeah, my, so, you know, the New Zealand in boxing, as an amateur, I mean, a lot of fighters who turn professional have a great amateur career. Yeah. And even though I missed out on the Olympics and not representing New Zealand, I was able to travel around the world and gain the experience as an amateur. And that really helped me when I first turned professional. My first professional fight I had on, yeah, you're right, at the Sky City, and I had it on the undercard of Monty uh, Barrett and Shane Cameron. And I was fighting a guy named Dean Garmins where he had two fights, I think, at the time, two wins, one loss. And it was a great uh, sort of introduction into the professional game. And at that time, I was still training hard, but I didn't really have a proper structure because, you know, going from amateur to professional, I didn't really have the, the proper guidance. And I was doing everything I could at that time, and I thought it was right. But you know, now, sitting here today, I can look back and say, okay, that was a good sort of start and good learning experience for me. It certainly was, and of course you had a number of fights after that. Probably where you really, where people started really to take attention, when you be, uh, when you bet Francois Bofa, and and you know Francois Bofa, who who actually who had been a contender for many world titles, fight that was a huge that really put you on the mark. Do, do you believe where you were with Kevin Barry at that stage? Was he was he training you or? 
Yeah, so, so Kevin was training me at that stage. Um, you know, I got the call from Duco Events at the time saying, hey, Joe, do you want to fight uh, Francois Botha? And this is straight after Botha had that um, fight with Sonny Bill, and a lot of people thought, hey, you know, it was a... Or was uh, one of those decisions that a lot of people questioned, and then I, yeah. I was I jumped at the opportunity because firstly, as a professional fighter, you just take every opportunity that comes your way, and you want to fight everyone, and you back yourself to beat everyone. And so when I got up the call, I said, "Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the fight." And then from there, that's when my relationship with Kevin Barry started. Moving over to Vegas, training for that fight, eight week camp, and you know that was when everything changed in my training. You know, going over there, all I did was train, eat, and sleep. You know, for eight weeks straight. And then that's when I prepared for the for the both of fight. Yeah, and of course that that really put you on the put you on the map. And then you had a number of notable fights, which was uh, Brian Minto, who who actually beat David Tua, and of course Sherman Williams. Um, the and that, they were you really you really thought um, Sherman Williams was a fantastic display of boxing, but you really took to poor old Brian Minto in in the fight you took to him there. Yeah, Brian Minto beat Shane Cameron. Oh, and sorry. So, so, so for us, that was a good fight to to show what we could do in the ring. And um, I remember that fight went seven seven rounds, and then he quit on the stool because um, you know. And and, and Brian Minter is a tough fighter, and he was in really good shape. But I guess at that stage, I was training real hard. I was in good shape. I, I had good structure. I was good good eating, good sleeping, and a lot of these fights along the way really um, really helped with my growth as a fighter. It really helped with my ring craft. It really helped me along the way, and I guess you know there was, like you said, there was Sherman Williams, there's Brian Minto, there's there's Tackham. Yeah, well, I was just going to come on to that. Yeah, I was just going to come on to that. I remember watching that fight, and I felt you really you really outboxed him that day, and because Carlos Tackham is quite a good fighter as well too. Carlos Tackham is a great fighter and a very hard hitter. And after the fight, I had a bit of a swollen jaw. But in, in that fight, a lot of people don't know, and there's no excuses, but d- during that, that camp, um, you know, when we knew that we were going to fight Tech and Palos Tech, we thought to ourselves, you know what, this is going to be a hard fight. We're going to have a long camp. And I guess we had, we set to have a 12-week camp. During camp, though, I think it was the eighth week, yeah. my body hit a wall, and I couldn't even, like for three days, I couldn't really, I had no energy to do anything. And I guess... That's the first time I've ever experienced something called overtraining. I just trained the house down and yeah. I overtrained to the point where I, I just couldn't do anything. And then from there, we had to regroup, recover. And you know, we had only like four weeks until, until the fight. So we had to sort of pick it, no, slow it down and pick it up again. And in and, and that fight, I learned, um, you know, through, through that fight, it was quite hard at times. But that's when I really learned that I could dig deep as a fighter and I could, you know, I finished the, the fight strong. Yeah, certainly did, and and that was a unanimous decision. Of course, that was a WBO uh, eliminator. So then you were supposed to take on Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua relinquished the title. Then we come to to, to Auckland, and uh, I believe it was 2016. That this fight was a, probably the best uh, box heavyweight boxing match you'll ever see in New Zealand. It was Joseph Parker versus Anthony um, Ruiz, and wow, I tell you what, you both years took both years went to several limits in that fight. Again, again, that was a you know I missed, so I became the mandatory to fight Anthony Joshua for the IBF after beating Carlos Tekken. And then uh, the WBO um, belt was vacant. And then we had the opportunity to fight for that here in New Zealand of Andy Ruiz. And I'll tell you, that was a great fight. Andy Ruiz is a, is a great fighter. Oh, yeah. You know, with a lot of power, great hand speed. And for me, that was a, it was a, it was an awesome fight. But one of those things, again, that people don't know is that, that during the camp, 
it was probably one of the worst camps I've ever had in my life. But, oh, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're preparing for a fight, mm-hmm. um, one thing that I did learn along the way when I was speaking to a psychologist, um, his name was Kerry Evans, is oh, that you have to yeah. trust the process. And even though things weren't going well, sparring wasn't going good, training wasn't going good, and there was a lot of doubt in Vegas when we came to New Zealand, but we had to trust the process and trust in ourselves. And that's, that's what sort of pushed me through to, you know, to, to go through that fight. And I, and, and I tell you what, it was a hell of a fight. And, and, you know, maybe one day we'll see a Parker Ruiz too. And, of course, you, you won that fight. You became the World Boxing Organization World, cha- World Heavyweight Champion. I tell you what, the, you must have been elated when that, having, wearing that belt. And you, and you must have brought a lot of pride not only to, to yourself but to your family and, and to the country of New Zealand and to Samoa. A lot of people were happy that day. You know, there was New Zealand, there was Samoa, there was my, my coach, parents, team, uh, myself. Very happy. It was a uh, it was a great feeling. You know, winning the, the WBO Championship of the world and doing it more so for others than myself. And and that's why I feel like I have a lot more to give now because mm. I feel like I'm chasing to be champion of the world yeah. or unified champion of the world for myself now. Yeah, and 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 believe me, I I believe that you, that you will be. Now, of course, then, then of course, then you had the big one. Um, you ended up a unification fight against old Anthony Joshua, and I tell you what, there must have been it broke all pay per view records in New Zealand. Like I remember going round to a friend of mine's place and uh, on Easter Sunday, and really, you know. The decision didn't go your way, and many. But I really felt in, in that fight, you really did. You actually gave Anthony Joshua a bit of a shock. I don't think he was. He didn't want to go in with you, Joe. Yeah, that that was a that was a good fight. I think uh, one of the it was a great. Um, it wasn't the result that we wanted, but it was a lot of learning that I made from that fight. And, and Anthony Joshua again, he's a great talent. He's a great fighter. Um, with that fight, he he boxed me very well. Used his reach and his height. To his advantage, and it was a great experience to be able to fight in Wales in front of eighty thousand people and break a lot of records. And again, I would have wanted to be, you know, the unified champion today, but it didn't go my way. Um, there was a lot of learning, and I know that when I when I do have the opportunity to fight him again, things will be different. They certainly will, and I'll tell you what, I'll be backing you. And, and you know, would, would would you make any changes? Do you think to what the approach you made on the first and in, in, in that fight in Wales? Would you? Is there anything you would do differently? Oh, most definitely. You guys are. If I do, if, the, if I do get the opportunity to fight him again, you guys will see the difference in my approach and what will be what will we what we will do different. Oh, that yeah, that sounds great. Of course, then you had a um, then you had unfortunately you had another. I hate bringing this up, the Dillian White fight, but you know I I watched that fight and you were within seconds of knocking him out. And uh, I remember watching, going to some of the websites, some of them called it, um, some of it called Steve Bunce, I think he called it towards you. Um, and a lot of experts called it a draw. I, and I, I actually felt, you know, I, didn't, I, I, I felt you were so damn unlucky not to knock him out, mate. It was, again, Danny White was a tough fight. You know, I went from fighting Anthony Joshua and taking a loss and then yeah. jumping in again with a very hard fight next and, and that's what we do in boxing you know you yeah. don't you don't hide from anyone and you don't and you don't avoid fights you, you go for the best fights out there for you and, and at the time that was the best fight for us again it didn't go our way there was a lot of things that happened in that fight um, you know a headbutt and, and some dirty tactics but 
it just shows that in boxing things happen and you just got to accept it. You know, there's there's no point in dwelling in, in, in a loss. You just got to accept yeah. it and move on, learn from it. And I guess I haven't lost since, but my goal is to fight him again. My goal is to fight Anthony Joshua again and avenge the losses that I've had yeah. to those guys. And that, and that, and of course, of course, you've got Junior Farr coming up. Unfortunately, uh, an injury to Junior Farr. Basically, it would have been um, the, this Saturday coming up. We would have seen the Parker Farr. But you, you still have got a, bit, a little bit of history going back to your amateur days, Joseph. Um, can you can you tell us a bit about the history you and Junior have? Yeah, the, the history is, is that we have uh, we're both amateurs at the same time, and we had four fights together as amateurs, and we have two wins each. And, you know, ever since the amateur days, I turned professional first and, and, you know, had a career where I fought a lot of people, some good names, and he's turned professional after me and fought some good fights as well. And he's, at the moment, he's undefeated. And uh, for me, firstly, it's just, it's great to have two South Aucklanders that both are ranked, you know, in the top 10 in the world. And then we'll, we'll have the opportunity to fight here in our own backyard and put on a great show for a lot of our, our friends, our family, our supporters. And, and that's the history that we have. But, um, you know, hopefully I wish him all the, all the very best with his health and he gets better soon so we can we can have a good fight you know, next year, the beginning of next year. We, we certainly do. Well, we're going to play a bit of music, Joe, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get... We'll, next uh, Then once we've listened to a bit of 660, because I know you like 660, like I do, um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the future and, and, the importance of, and the importance of family to you. So we'll okay. just get to a bit of music, if that's OK with you, Mr Parker, sir. Sounds good, sounds good. Cheers. Okay, we'll just get to the music right now. Oh, no. 
everyone back to the sports review and I have to say a bit of 660 don't forget you reach my friends and of course back on the line we have New Zealand heavyweight boxer Joseph Parker welcome back Joseph thank you thank you thank you did you enjoy that bit of 660 mate oh 660 awesome I uh, I enjoyed the movie uh, premiere that I went to and then I just good friends of ours so it's always great to listen to my friends jamming on the radio yeah, they certainly. Yeah, they certainly are, mate. They're, they're bloody. They're fantastic. Listen, good blokes as well too. Okay, oh, so mate. yeah, so we we might as well talk about the future. Obviously, after if if you if you, if you defeat Junior Far, you, you you now then go back into the heavyweight um, championship picture. Obviously, you've said that you want to take on Anthony Joshua again. You want to take on Dillian White. Is there anyone else that you'd like to take on? Do you want to take on a Tyson Fury? Do you want to take on a Deonta Wilde? Do you want to take on a, say, a Lewis Ortiz? I, I, I want to take on anyone. I want to take on anyone in, in front of me to get me closer to fighting for the world title. So I, 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 at the moment, I don't really care who it is. As long as I take care of business um, in the new with Junior Fart, yep. whoever, they, whoever they, they put in front of me, I'll fight anyone. i tell you what, I'd love to see you. Of course, you're a good friend of uh, Tyson Fury's as well too. I'm a great friend of... Uh, it is like I consider him a brother, so I'm not sure how that'll go. I mean, I, I would love the opportunity to fight him. He is the best in the world. And oh, I've, he is, isn't he? Yeah. I've, been pre- I've been pretty vocal about... You know, wanting to fight the best, and if if it's the, if the opportunity arises to fight him, I'd love to fight him and test out my skills against his. I'd I'd love to see you fight Tyson Fury. I reckon that that'd be a great great fight. We could bring Tyson down to Eden Park, get a big crowd out there. Well, and I, I think that probably Tyson would would probably end up staying in New Zealand because they'd enjoy it so much here. Oh, he all, everyone loves New Zealand. Um, oh, yeah. So I've, I've invited him down to New Zealand. He said he will come at some stage to visit New Zealand and talk about the book that he's written about mental health and his life. And yeah, really good, important. You know, so it'll be great to have him down here to to experience what we can offer. It certainly would. Well, one of the things as we're coming up to Christmas, and of course, one of the things that's really important in your life is family. And I, and I know that you, you, you're a father of three three young girls. Um, you know, you know they're they they're, they're the apple of your eyes. From from what I've seen in some of the videos and some of the photos, Joe, you know yeah. how important is family to you, mate? Family to me is there's probably like, like everyone else. Family is the most important um, thing in this in this life. You know, for me, uh, there's boxing and there's success and there's doing this and doing that and you know there's friends, but always their family. And for me, I, my my best friends are you know my family. 
my, my daughters, I love my daughters a bit. I love my missus. I love my parents, siblings. You know, just for me, family is always going to be there. Family from the beginning, they've always supported me and backed me. And, and family to me is, is the most important thing. That certainly is. And of course, people tend to forget that you're a bit of a Facebook star as well, too. A Facebook star? <laughs> yeah. Now, what have you got planned for Christmas? What are you bringing out before Christmas? Because during lockdown, some of the, some of your videos on Facebook were absolutely fantastic. Had me had me and had many people laughters. You know, um, like like some of the stuff like you've had um, this when you were doing jump out of and I forgot what the movie was called, but you've done some really really great stuff. Have you got Back anything to the special? For Christmas? Actually, there's. Uh, the, a Rocky Horror f- uh, film. Yeah, there was a few things that we did. And oh, yeah. For us, the, the reason why we did it was just to lift spirits. It was a hard yeah. time for everyone during the lockdown, and a lot of That's people it, found it hard to stay at home. So it was, it was just to spread positive vibes. For Christmas, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, now I have to talk to the magician, Kerry Russell, who's the cameraman and director, and, yeah. and see what we uh, what we can do before Christmas. And, 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 I, and definitely I'd like to see it I don't want to be part of it because uh, if you had Lord of the Rings as, as you met me before Joseph I definitely would make a great hobbit <laughs> oh, do you know what now that you suggest it, I'll keep it in mind for when we do a Lord of the Rings one <laughs> <laughs> I'll I tell you what you're on you're definitely on Joseph if you're going to do a Lord of the Rings Facebook trilogy I'm in Joe. You've got me. Don't worry, you'll, you'll be first on the list. Yes, there surely must be some other short mates you have. No, you, to be honest, you're probably the first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say to you, well, I tell you what, my, well, my mum's probably listening, she's probably going to say, you're not doing that, but, you know, um, I, I think I definitely I definitely would do do it, Joe, to, give you, to help you out, mate, because then to, to spread entertainment. Now, are you, what are you up to over the Christmas New Year's break, mate? Uh, there's no there are no real plans. Usually, um, you know, as a family, we'll travel to Samoa and, and see other family and, and relax and, and, you know, get a suntan. <laughs> but uh, at the moment, because of the restrictions, we're just going to be as a family here in New Zealand and enjoy each other's company. And there's not really much. Just, uh, just relax a bit. Um, I'll still be training during Christmas to keep in shape and be prepared for when the fight is locked in and announced. Um, but mostly just spend time with family. I tell you what, Joseph. It, I've I've really, really in, in, enjoyed talking to you today. Now I'm going to say this to you, and I and I, you know, it's when I first met you. A lot of people said that that I met Joseph, that they met you before. What a humble guy you are, and, and I found you humble. I found you really professional to deal with. I found you respectful. I found you entertaining, and you know something, Joseph. You know, to to actually have you on uh, on the show has really meant quite a bit to me. Um, and I promise, after this, I will. I'll, the only text you'll get off me will be on Christmas Day, wishing you Merry Christmas. Listen, when, when the good thing about life is that when you go you, you go to different events and you go to different places, you always meet and make new friends. Oh, yeah. And I really, I love making new friends, and I consider you one of my friends. Oh, great. And, you know, yeah, so we've done this interview and I promise you I'll be back on again after, you know, after fights, after a win, after getting a championship of the world again. We'll be back again, we'll be chatting, we'll be having some fun. Oh, sure, man, laugh. I'm looking forward and to this it, is man. A, This is an ongoing, uh, ongoing relationship, bro. Oh, mate, we're, so officially we're, we're in a bromance, Joe, are we? Mate, 
You're my bro. <laughs> oh, I love you, Joe. I have to say, Joseph, mate, yeah, you know, I'm re- I really, really have enjoyed today and thank you so much for committing to this. I know how busy you are. I'm going to wish you and you and the family a very, very Merry Christmas. And um, you've got my number when we do the Lord of the Rings trilogy on Facebook. So you yeah, know you'll be I the am. first person I call. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> 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 hey, but no, listen, I appreciate the support. I appreciate having me on the radio. And uh, I've had a great time chatting to you as well. And I look forward to the next one. Yeah, well, the next one will be a bit more fun and we'll probably, you know, let loose a bit. So, Joseph, have a great Christmas and, and a happy new year and good luck with the fight whenever it is in the new year against Junior Far. I've really enjoyed you today. I really enjoyed your, your, your common sense, your talk and, and your laughter, mate. So have a great Christmas, Joseph. Thanks, brother. Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to everyone else listening. Have a great Thank day. Thank you very, very much. Cheers, Joseph. Cheers, bro. Well, that was Joseph Parker. What, you know, what a... What an excellent bloke. And, you know, in New Zealand we talk about, um, you know, about how our sportsmen should be. Well, he's an example of what a sportsman should be. i tell you something, he really, I've really enjoyed today. Um, it's, it's been fantastic. I'm just going to put a bit of music on. So, you know, Joseph Parker, what, you know, really, he's, and if you see me, and, and I am going to do the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy Facebook with uh, Joe. So I'm going to leave you with a bit of Victoria's song to uh, end the day. It's uh, Avenues and Alleyways by Tony Christie.